Were you going to say something, John? No. Well, good feedback there, buddy. Very, very busy with this putty. <laughs> We're so happy we, we brought you on the show. <laughs> you are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 14, recorded Thursday, June 9th, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, we get a visit from the HR department. We also talk about our latest downtown SDPHP meetup and what's coming for North County, recent contributions the PHP Ugly crew have made to the open source projects, PHP versioning statistics and how the move to PHP 7 is looking, some features queued up for PHP 7.1, and we discuss Grump PHP, a new tool to make sure your code is clean and compliant. Let's get started. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Thomas. Hey there. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Unfortunately, some bad news. We got a complaint from Human Resources. We received complaints about referring to someone looking like a troll doll last week. And HR has some concerns. Oh, gosh. Um, So... (laughs) This is is where we're going with this? I've been sent over a sensitivity test for you here, Eric. Um, I I just need you to answer a couple questions. Uh, If a process is no longer responding, how would you force exit of that process? Kill dash nine. Kill? Yeah, kill it. Kill yeah. seems kill seems harsh. Seems like a harsh term. You know, the Unix world is a harsh world. Okay, that's no, that's fine. Uh, let's say you wanted to keep an active read-only backup of a database. What kind of relationship would you establish between your database servers? Don't, don't say it. Don't a secondary, it. <laughs> a secondary relationship. Yeah, I'd have a, a read-only secondary database. Right. What 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 would you call that relationship? A secondary relationship. <laughs> You're using the you're using the term I used to define that relationship. <laughs> you're such a troll. You're oh, a troll. God. Back to the troll. Back to the troll references. This isn't this isn't looking good. I was looking for a hot backup there, but okay. Uh, 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 how would you describe PHP community community leader uh, Yitzhak Wilroth? <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying to me. Why am I doing this? What? Listen. I believe he goes. I believe he goes by the uh, the pseudonym Code Rabbi. Yeah. How would you describe him? A nice guy. Nice I sh- guy. I shared an Uber with him. Ah, okay, nice, nice. Okay, so so we're no longer comparing people to '80s fashion dolls and <laughs> trends like that. We've. It sounds like you are actually. Yeah, where's your mind at? <laughs> I'm. I like I said, HR sent this over. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you should bring that up, Thomas. What? What did I bring up? The the troll reference I made last week. Are, yeah, it no, was, to be clear here, this is a troll doll. This was a reference to the appearance of her hair. Yes, yes, about one of our presenters. <laughs> I was talking to John about it earlier, uh, earlier in the week. I'm like, it's funny to me because... We probably spent a solid three shows talking about Allison, how excited we were, how much we respected her in the community, and I mean, hyped her, hyped her up, hyped up the fact that she was speaking with us. And I make one off reference to one. her appearance, and that's yep. the one thing that that gets yeah. tweeted. It's like, damn it. <laughs> Really? And, you know, and you know, on the internet, no one can tell you're being sarcastic. So none of us have any idea who is offended and who isn't offended. But 
yeah, we we do. We love Snipey Head, and I, she gave a fantastic presentation. She did, and I'm pretty sure she she took it all in stride. I think so too. <laughs> As she takes everything. So what do we got going on? You guys just uh, wrapped up your meetup downtown. We did. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, Dennis did another fantastic job. Uh, that guy always surprises me. He he always has the these topics that I'm like. I really don't want to go to this meetup. This topic doesn't interest me. I'm really not in the mood to listen to him talk about this. And then he does this presentation. I'm like, damn, that was a good presentation. He's always a great speaker, and he he gets the biggest RSVP list. Yeah, you know, uh, we've got a pretty good RSVP list for the next uh, North County presentation as well. It's amazing what happens when you actually plan ahead. Yeah, not not the week before. I think the members appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think so too. No, it's going to be a, a very advanced talk. We're going to be looking at some real uh, low level functionality in PHP with uh, binding to sockets and listening and that kind of thing using React. So I'm I'm super excited for this one. I'm actually super disappointed. I'm going to miss it. I'm officially missing that one, and I'm really bummed about it. I'll take notes for you. Okay, cool. You're going to be there. I'm planning on it. There you go, Thomas. John John has committed. I'm going to try to stream this one. Are you really? I am. I'm going to try to stream this one. So we'll see uh, if that comes together. What's your game plan with that? I'm going to hook up my laptop and my uh, webcam and uh, cast it to our SDPHP YouTube account. Oh, okay. Let's see see how that works. That'll be interesting. All right. What are we, uh, what's everybody, how's everybody's work week been going? What are we working on? Anything fun? Oh, God. Oh, the worst. Yeah. Image manipulation, writing to the file system. It is the worst thing you can work on. I hate it so much. It is the worst. Really? You've done a lot of that, though, haven't you? Yeah, I have. (laughs) And and every time I do it, it's it's some new set of terrible problems. Um, You know, in this case, the production system has much different uh, permissions, much much very different permissions. (laughs) Permissions will get Um, you. Yeah, and uh, uh, image resizing is never fun. You know, I'm I'm doing a case where I have to resize and crop, auto crop this stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's just a nightmare. So you brought up we, we you brought up using a library this week that it interests me. That chart, what was it called? Chart something? Oh, yeah, AM charts. AM chart. That's it, Thomas. Uh, yeah. Have Have you actually used that in the past, or are you just looking into it? I have I have used it in the past. You know, I've used a couple different graphing systems in the past um, to try and give uh, my employers the numbers that they want to see, which we can get into that another day. But yeah, uh, AM charts is the easiest one I've come across and makes the most you know logical sense. Uh, so that's just sort of my my de facto. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking forward to diving into that a little bit and uh, playing around with it. So yeah, we're playing it. Planning on using that in another client project right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I actually, I was talking to John earlier this week about um, one of the projects I'm working on, and I've fallen into the classic developer trap where marriage. Yeah, no. This is going to be a very simple, very quick app. We're not going to do a whole lot with it. We just need to get it up and running for a little while until we move off of it. And it has grown and grown and grown. And it, oh, it's, creep. 
Oh my goodness, man. And now I I found myself having a classic conversation with John. I'm like, I've coded myself into a corner here. This, this is complete mess. I mean, the code is just mess. I need to start abstracting things out and I shouldn't have to. I mean, really the implementation, what the, what the code base is being used for, we keep advising our client. It's like, we're doing too much here. We need to think about a different approach. And they're like, yeah, we understand, but you know, this is working. And, you know, we, we've promised this to, to our client. And, oh, and man. you know, that's, that's always a sign to me that, uh, the, the person who wants the work done doesn't understand the, the triangle, the code quality triangle. No, I think they do. They, yeah. We've had plenty of conversations about it with them, so they know it. Yeah, they just—they really thought it was a one-off piece for for this. Sure, and it was fun because I I jumped on it because it's this project that allowed me to play with the Twilio APIs, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I love these APIs, and I I've been looking for a project to do on them, and it was fun at first. <laughs> now I'm just like I'm I'm talking to John, I'm like John, help me. What should I do here? He's like, scrap it. Start from fresh. Start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's a good you know warning to always develop solid. It really you know, is, and, uh, and that was the one thing John kept talking about is is you know well we we really need to start doing it this way right now and, and make it solid. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. Well, yeah. the funny part was when I was talking about that had nothing to do with the bug you ran into, which was interesting. You were following the documentation on the Twilio site on how to build an IVR. And all of a sudden you're telling me you're in this part of the menu and people's credit cards are being charged, right? And we start looking into it and how they were building up the the menu system was just horrendous. They were calling functions that never needed to be called, where if it was built in a more solid state to begin with, you never would have hit that, that issue. So I turned around, I opened up a... Uh, pull request to Twilio to take care of that. Yeah, you know, Twilio has very, very good API documentation, um, and I'm, I'm surprised that they that you ran into that issue. Um, the worst I've ever seen is QuickBooks, or interacting with QuickBooks or Quicken in any way. Oh, it, it's all XML-based communication. Mm-hmm. And I had one instance where the word receipt was spelled incorrectly in the API. So the, the command that you sent was receipt, and the response that was sent back to you was recipit. <laughs> and I, I actually had to code for this, this instance to accept the word receipt or recipit when, when receiving a response back from, from QuickBooks. <laughs> so. Well, to Twilio's defense, it wasn't an issue with the API. It was just an issue with this, tor- this code that they built for a tutorial on building an IVR in Laravel. Uh, both both John and I actually submitted patches to the tutorial that both got accepted, and it, it was kind of cool. Nice, yeah. A open open source contribution. Yeah, it's yeah. always fun to be accepted for that. Yeah, I actually made another open source contribution this week. Uh, Go on. What was that for? Yeah, the the um, following Laravel news, uh, somebody had released a package to quickly add a blog to your Laravel application, which is something I've been interested in, been thinking about doing myself. And I, I, went, I went and tried to install it uh, this week um, on the company website, 
and couldn't get to work. Couldn't figure it out. And initially, I didn't care. It's like I tried to install the package. didn't work. The migrations actually didn't work. I'm like, ah, whatever. I didn't care about it. Uh, I just happened to look on the GitHub repo and looked at the issues and saw somebody had reported the same problem. And the developer had asked for a stack trace. And the person reporting the problem didn't provide it. I'm like, hey, you know, I have the same problem. Here's a stack trace if, if you're interested in working on it. And I kind of left it at that. But because I made that comment uh, in the issue log, now I'm subscribed to that issue. And the developer replied back. He's like, he's like, I don't understand what's going on here. I don't understand why it's not working for you guys. But it works for me. Uh, sorry, I can't really troubleshoot it right now. That's my favorite kind of error. It doesn't work for you, but it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And I told him, I'm like, you know, I wasn't going to worry about it, but if I, if I have a few minutes, I'll take a look at it and see if I can figure it out. And I figured it out. And I, I got a workaround for it. I'm still not particularly happy. I actually reached out to you, Thomas. That, that was the problem I reached out to you about where it was interpreting that variable as a, a an array. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was actually this problem, uh, and I'm like, I, yeah, I can, I can fix this. And I just made a quick patch where I just put it into a, into another variable and used that and submitted it, and he liked it and thanked me. And he's actually started another branch. I think it's, I think the issue we're seeing is specific to the Laravel 5.2 install. Uh, actually, it's uh, specific to PHP 7. That is good to know. Well, yeah. shit, I should. Uh, I should. PHP seven, that. PHP seven allows you to access a property of a uh, an object as an array in line, whereas PHP six will interpret it as an array. Oh, that explains so PHP much. Mm-hmm. Or uh, five, five point six. You have to excuse me. I spent so much time on PHP six. It's just. <laughs> so you are certified head. in PHP six. I, I hear. I am certified. Well, that is fantastic. I learned something. I learned something right now. I'm glad I talked to you, Thomas. Uh, hey, I'll. I hope, I hope you're glad you talked to me. We, <laughs> we do this once a week for like an hour. <laughs> if you, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you after the show, and if we can find some documentation on that, I'll reply to him so that he knows that it's a, actually a PHP 7 issue he's trying to deal with, another yeah. a Laravel version issue. Thank you very much. Wow, that was hey. helpful. Um, you know, speaking of PHP 7, we've got some uh, some very good news. Uh, PHP 7.1 is now in its Alpha 1 release. Uh, so it's been released to developers. Uh, it's do not use it in production. Warning, giant bolded on the page. <laughs> um but some cool stuff that I think is really going to further uh, the PHP framework community and, and PHP solid development in general. Um, okay. Stuff that's bugged people for a long time. Yeah, I'm looking through the list now. Yeah, so the first, the first thing here is nullable types. So when you type your arguments, you now have the option to type it as nullable. So you can say... This is an integer or null, uh, which adds a lot of functionality. It used to be before you had to say integer. Uh, well, actually, you couldn't do anything at all. You'd, you'd have to say integer and then variable equals zero to, uh-huh. to null it out or to, to give it a roughly null value. But now you can actually give it a strong null 
Uh, and th this is for uh, return values and for arguments. Uh, so, so that's, that's, that's going to be... That's using PHP 7's return types, where you can say I'm returning an int. Now we're saying you can return either or. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's also... Be be before we get too, too deep into this, listen, I'm, I'm clicking through and looking at them now. Are, are these uh, features that are that have been greenlighted or are they still proposals because I'm, I'm these are all these are all proposals that were greenlit and they are in uh alpha in alpha they're in the um, alpha okay cool yeah and uh, you know i'm gonna list off a few things i'm not gonna list off everything that's changed but sure. uh, these are these are the big rfcs that made it to to 7.1 <laughs> and i believe that this is feature locked uh as an alpha should be <laughs> Um, you know, another, another really good one. One of the ones that bugs a lot of people is, uh, inconsistent support across methods. Um, good example here was, uh, was substring allows for negative values. So you can say substring negative one and it gives you the last character of the string. Uh -huh. Um, but string position, I'm sorry, not string position. Yeah, actually. Substring count, uh, S trim width, uh, string position, uh, stry pos, a bunch of a bunch of different variables treating strings differently, not accepting negative values. So now those have been sort of globally brought up to snuff, and they all have the same you know functionality with negative numbers. Interesting. Yeah, string. String position, oh. string R position, substring. This one looks cool. The uh, catching uh, of multiple exception types. Yeah. That looks very cool. Yeah, so if you're ever dealing with libraries that throw 10 different types of exceptions, you know, APIs will do this. APIs will say, uh, this thing missing, this thing missing, this thing missing, this thing missing. And you don't want to catch it with just a global exception. You want to catch them by type to have you know good messages. Uh, you know, five of these errors have to do with the wrong form data being sent, and five of them have to do with the account being uh, expired or something like that. You can now catch multiples within uh, a single catch statement using uh, the pipe uh, operator. That's, That's very nice. That, yeah, that looks very yeah. nice. Yeah, Really, it cleans up a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and it it removes duplication of code. It makes things more solid, which is you know what we always want. Uh, you've got void return types, so you can, and th this is the kind of thing that's going to be more important for frameworks. Uh, it's going to help developers because uh, your IDEs will automatically recognize that you're trying to use a function that's returning returning a, vo a void return type. Um. So how how's how's a Void return type differ from a return false that we talked about. Uh, I don't know if well, it's the that, last show that you're actually returning a boolean value versus not oh, this returning is... anything, gotcha. right? So, so you're either not returning anything or you're just doing a return semicolon, right? Right. So, um, and in this case, it also will throw uh, fatal errors. So if you define a, a method as returning void. Then, if you try to return within that method, it will throw a fatal uh, exception. 
Um, what can somebody explain to me a use case for this? When 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 would you ha- want to define a method to only return void? A, a processing method. You're you're a- pro- processing something. You're not returning any data. Yeah, asynchronous non-blocking functionality. Oh, okay. Um, if you're if you're expecting to just throw something out there and not return a response right now. You know, there are event systems don't necessarily want a response back. <sighs> I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah. And I have I have run into that where I, I return, yeah, I return, you know, nothing because I, I, I want to do a return. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and this allows framework and library developers to to give a return type to all of their code now. So every method that a, a library developer creates will have a return type. And the developer creating something using that library is given a better understanding of the returns and of the of the functionality. Because previously, if you had a method that wasn't expected to return anything at all, you had no way of indicating to the IDE, "Hey, this isn't supposed to return anything here, so don't throw an error." You know, throw an error when they try to use it. Right. Because that's all very so now, cool. Yeah, so now it just lets... Th- this is sort of the missing piece as far as return types go. Uh, with 7, we got return types, and with 7.1, we get every return type case that we expected. So it's just the missing piece. Cool. Option, optional null and the void type now added, yeah. in, added into the mix. Yeah, so it really, it really sort of finishes up the work that was started with PHP 7. Oh, any other features you know, you'd like to talk about? There are a few other things, but nothing worth uh, crazy, you know, attention. Uh, there's a new array type where you can actually, instead of saying array equals and then using square brackets to fill out your array, mm-hmm. you can now define your array first. So square bracket one, two, three, four, five equals variable. Um, <laughs> this is done because the the call to the array function and the call to the list function are seen as inappropriate uses of a function in place of an operator. Huh. Um, you know, so, so that's of, basically replacing the list function or complementing it? Complementing it. Um, the list function itself got some work. Uh, you can now specify keys when using the list function. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, Look at that. So, mm-hmm. Uh, those those two things sort of go hand in hand, but those are best practices for comp sci people. You know that's best practices if you care. If you've been doing PHP your whole life, probably not going to end up using it any more than you normally use things. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. All these new uh, new things coming to PHP seven point one. Uh, it's interesting because. Uh, the guys who run Composer uh, published uh, some stats that they do. I guess, I guess every time you do a Composer install or a Composer update or upgrade, um, it reports back the version of PHP you're using. Hmm. And uh, I guess they take those they take those stats and they kind of start to put together what they're seeing in the wild as far as. PHP versions, and you got to think these numbers are probably skewed a little bit. I mean, one of the things that haunts us as PHP developers is legacy apps, and there's probably right. a good chunk of legacy apps out there that still don't use Composer. 
Yeah, not a, not a lot of people using Composer before 2014. Exactly. But uh, of the numbers that they have, it shows a fairly significant spike in people moving to PHP 7. Uh, and more importantly, people moving off of uh, older versions of PHP. I mean, 5.3, 5.4 uh, are almost down to nothing uh, on the latest graph. So, kind of so cool. Going back to what you're saying, though, people that are using Composer are trying to implement best practices probably. Exactly. It's, it's going to skew those numbers up in their favor. Yeah. Yeah, and they're and they're going to be developing more solid in general, so Composer is going to be helpful to them. Right. Yeah. They're not developing solid composer doesn't do a whole lot for you and, and how many how, how much of this is just development machines you know vagrant machines that just download the latest version of php uh you know they're not this this isn't actually production these aren't production apps so no no but you see comparison data to people who are running composer installing five six to people who are running composer installing seven yeah so so that's kind of cool i, I thought it was a, interesting you get a trend yeah yeah not real concrete numbers, but but interesting to look at. What are the numbers? Damn you! Would, you would say that the moment I closed the damn tab, wasn't you? You know, control control shift T will reopen that. Tab. Already hit it. Already hit control shift T. Thank you. So the current number is five point six. Is the big leader? It looks like it's at about thirty nine point seven percent. Five point five is hanging in at twenty nine point six. Uh, PHP 7, uh, actually, I don't even see the number for PHP 7. Uh, oh, I'm I sorry, I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry. PHP 7 was 20.2%. 20. 20. So those are the three Those are the th- three heavy hitters. Uh, 5.5, 5, 5. 5. 5.6, and 7.0 make up probably 75% of that chart. I, I didn't do the math there. I'm just uh, eyeballing it. But You're, you're at 70 yeah. with the first two. It's got to be higher than that. It's it's ninety percent. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, and and that's sort of what you would expect from the composer perspective is people doing a lot of object oriented development. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. So I see you. Uh, you came across a new tool. Tool. I did. You know, and it's it's kind of a new tool. Um, I've. I've done this before, uh, adding Git hooks for code quality. Yeah. Again, this is um, this is something John introduced me to a couple of years back with uh, PHP Lit and having it so that you couldn't do a commit uh, without it running through PHP Lit. And has saved my ass on many occasions, I might add. Yeah, it's it's really nice to have these kinds of hooks where it just checks that your code compiles in the first place. Um, I also used uh, PHPMD as a uh, what's called a pre-commit hook. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, these, these Git hooks, they basically say, when you're trying to perform some action with Git, is there something that should be done first? Right. Uh, so there's pre-commit hooks, which say before you commit something. There's post-commit hooks, which say after you've committed it, then should something be done? Um and and the use the usual use case is a pre-commit where you say make sure the code is sane, make sure that it uses the standards of the company, uh, and make sure that you know it lints, make sure that it runs correctly. Yeah. Uh, so I've used I've used PHPMD for this, but I can tell you, setting up these pre-commit hooks can be a serious serious pain in the ass. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
So right. the the tool that I've come across here is called GrumpyHP, and it is a tool set to basically streamline this process of creating these Git hooks, uh, setting them up, and and adhering to them and making sure because you know it, it's it's difficult on one system, but if you're in a in a leadership position and you need to have other people running these kinds of pre-commit hooks, then now you're looking at setting up Git on everyone else's computer. It, it's a serious pain. Yeah, I, um, so I this, like the I like the fact that it came with commands. I, I looked at this a little bit, obviously, when I was prepping for the show, and I like the fact that it comes with commands that create the uh, pre-commit hooks for you. That's really nice. So I like is, the, is Composer forcing that into your your hooks, right? Just by doing your composer install. That's exactly what I was about to say. I, I think I think I like the fact that you you include this. They 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 have a section in here about including it on a global level, but I like the idea of including it on a project level because then it becomes part of that repo and it becomes part of everybody's code base. So right. yeah, you create the pre hooks and. So to answer your question, John, you can do it either way. You can install it globally, but it seems to make more sense to me to install it on a project-by-project basis so that everybody gets it. Um, yeah, now there there are still some hookups with this, or some uh, hang-ups with this project. It's it's a pretty new project from what I can tell. Um, there was an issue uh, when it was released with having people committing through Vagrant. Their Vagrant machines couldn't communicate correctly with their upstream servers. Um, so we found an article that does resolve that. Yeah. Uh, run Grump PHP, get hooks within Vagrant. Um, you know, it's a simple configuration that, that fixes things. And this is the kind of thing I think we can expect to be rolled into the package in the future. Right. Um, but definitely, this is a package to keep your eye on because having standards but not enforcing them is not having standards. Yeah. I, I, was, I was mad at the package name, Grump PHP, because I immediately assumed it was Grumpy Programmer that released it. Me and, too. And I was disappointed to find out it wasn't his. Yeah, it's also got the it's got a picture of a man who looks exactly like the Grumpy Programmer yeah. from, from my understanding. So Except he has hair on his head. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is just a hatted man with a, an angry beard. Yeah. Uh I, I will say when I looked at this, the thing that jumped out at me immediately, and you even mentioned it, um PHP MD, PHP CPD, PHP DCD, all these don't look like they're part of this package right now. There is a roadmap. Yeah. So if you go to if you go to the Git page for Grump PHP, um, there are roadmap tasks for doing MD, CPD, DCD, Twiglint, Symphony validation, NPM testing, Humbug, and then a whole list of others. Yeah. Um, if you have a, a, a use case that you want to see implemented, then you can hop onto their issue tracker, and they're actively developing. Um, it's, it's very nice to see a project being actively developed. So, And it's got a fantastic error message screen <laughs> with, with a very angry face that it shows you when you screw up. I wonder what, the, I wonder what this does in PHP Storm. Like what? What does it show? Because this is showing all command line stuff, but yeah, PHP Storm should respect the Git hooks. So no, it respects uh, I, the I, Git hooks, but you don't get the you don't. I don't think you get the output like this. Uh, I think it'll pop up a console. Oh, does say, it? Here's here's the console response. Oh, okay, on, uh, that on would make sense. Cool. 
I will be so, yeah, trying uh, this. Pro- I will be trying this package out. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be following this package, and I know I'll be implementing this um, for myself at least at my current employer, so that I don't push out code that doesn't even lint. Yeah, <laughs> save you know at the very least save yourself the headache of your boss yelling at you saying you know you caused a complete crash on the production system, right? Because you forgot a semicolon. Yeah. But you, you put a space before your open tag. Do you understand that now I can't send headers and everything fails? <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say something, John? No. Well, good feedback there, buddy. He's very, very busy with his putty. <laughs> We're so happy we, we brought you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling the same way. <laughs> Okay, I think we're going to wind down another great episode of PHP Ugly. This is Yes, this was a great episode. Great. This is Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. I'm John Congdon. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. You can also follow the host, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at Real Rideout. John Congdon on Twitter at John Congdon and myself Eric Van Johnson on Twitter at Shokum. That's spelled S-H-O-C-M Notes and links from this episode can be found on GitHub at github.com forward slash phpugly forward slash podcasts.